You have to learn from your experience. But if you are taking that and just being flat out pessimistic about your potential and the universe and what, what can happen for you, then it's going to cause you all these other symptoms. And if you're someone with those symptoms, then you have to go back and look at your mindset. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So we are in the symptoms of the fear of poverty and Hill has asked you to be both judge and jury, plaintiff and defendant when listening to these symptoms to see really truthfully and honestly where you are showing up like this so that you can change so that you can better yourself and your life. So this, this level of honesty and transparency with yourself is super, super critical. So next up in the list is doubt. Doubt. I call doubt the gateway drug. Doubt. I, I have a little meme. I don't do doubt. I share that with people at my summits. We have, you know, little place cards and magnets and various things. I don't do doubt because doubt is the hook that causes you to go into worry and then fear and then fear turns into anxiety and then anxiety, if it's suppressed, turns into depression and then you're then you're down a freaking rabbit hole. But at the very sort of top level, doubt just gets in your way. It keeps you from making decisions moving forward. And we talked about indecision as being one of the symptoms of fear of poverty in yesterday's recording. So Hill says here, generally expressed through alibis and excuses designed to cover up, explain away, or apologize for one's failures, sometimes expressed in the form of envy of those who are successful or by criticizing them. So I love that he pulls that out because this is so important. So there's two things here that you really need to pay attention to. One is what are your alibis and excuses? Just admit them. Where am I saying I want this, but I can't do it or I didn't do it because of X, Y, and Z. What are your alibis and excuses? That he's saying here, that is indicating that you doubt yourself, doubt your ability, doubt your competence, doubt your um, confidence. And it's causing you to stay in fear. It's causing you to be someone who is afraid of poverty, not willing to actually face it clearly and move forward. If you are doubting yourself about something, how are you going to build your confidence? That is the question you need to ask yourself. Sometimes it's just do the thing, okay? Don't overthink it, just go do the thing, okay? Sometimes it's getting some training, sometimes it's doing the mindset work. Sometimes it's figuring out what the blind spot is there, where you've been told that you can't when you really, you can. There's so much to that. The second thing he says here is sometimes it's, sometimes doubt is expressed in the form of 
envy of those who are successful or by criticizing them. So if you are someone who's looking at her social media feed and is like, so-and-so, looks, look at that. Look at how wrong she is for doing X, Y, and Z. That is criticizing someone who is successful, okay? And ask me how I know I used to do this, okay? I used to be like, oh, look at what she's wearing or look at how blah, blah, blah she is, right? That was, it was, was misguided. I, I don't do that anymore. I have to clean that up. But that was misguided. That was a, a representation of my own self-doubt. I didn't know who I was or what I was capable of. So all I did, not all, but much of what I did was criticize in my mind others. You know, I was never a troll out there being overtly cruel. But in my mind, which does count, guys, I was very critical. And instead, what if you admired what people were doing, admired their success, thought about how you could take an aspect of what they're doing and make it your own, not by copying, but by saying, oh, look, they're doing this. That's really smart. I can do that too. That is the opposite of self-doubt. That is saying, ah, I have the capability. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So next up in the symptoms of the fear of poverty is worry. Hill says, Worry, usually expressed by finding fault with others, a tendency to spend beyond one's income, neglect of personal appearance, scowling and frowning, intemperance in the use of alcoholic drink, sometimes through the use of narcotics, nervousness, lack of poise, self-consciousness, and lack of self-reliance. Okay, that's quite a list. And let's break this down because this these are, are often not how people generally see worry, except maybe the, the last set, which was nervousness, lack of poise, self-consciousness, and lack of self-reliance. But the other ones, you know, might be a little bit more mysterious for you. So he starts off with usually expressed by finding fault with others. Now, why would this be a symptom of worry and thus a symptom of fear of poverty? So this is because when you blame others, when you find fault for your situation with others, you are not taking personal responsibility. Antidote to, to worry is personal responsibility. It's, it's owning a situation and taking action on it. That is so critical. And if you deflect responsibility and you say so-and-so is responsible for my well-being, financially, emotionally, um, in any regard, physically, and then you start blaming them, you start finding fault with them, instead of taking personal responsibility, you are in worry. Okay, you are like, you've given up all your control, all your power to someone else. You are now a victim. And of course, as a victim, you are constantly worrying about what's going to happen to you. No bueno. No bueno at all. Okay. A tendency to spend beyond one's income. Okay. Now, this is worrying about not being good enough. 
like I have to spend more in order to prove that I'm good enough or I'm, I need to spend the money that I have right now or the credit that I have right now because it's going to run out. Now, let me be clear here. Many times it's useful to use credit to leverage someone else's money when, when a credit card or a bank gives you a loan, that's, that is someone saying, I believe in you enough to give you this money on loan so that you can leverage it. Okay. So if you're then spending it on what's going to help you get to the next level, that's great. That's not, um, worrying about running out of money. Okay. Or, or, or spending beyond one's means. Okay. That is saying, I'm going to leverage this credit in order to grow my business, grow my life. And you do it very consciously and you back it up with action in your business so that you are, you know, growing your revenue stream, whatever that might be, so that you're, you're actually making sales, not avoiding sales. Lots of people avoid making sales or how that works, right? You have to step forward into that. Okay. Then he goes on here to say, neglect of personal appearance. Now, why would that be a symptom of worry? Well, if you think that you don't have enough time or money and you're worried about that, you are not going to spend your time and spend your money on yourself, on your personal appearance. You will neglect that. And that is a self-worth issue that's huge. I really had to learn this one that I needed to invest in myself and how I put myself together. Some days that's very casual. That's just jeans and a t-shirt, but my face is clean. I've done good self care in terms of, um, I meant good skincare, um, that I've exercised, that I'm, I have, um, good body language. Like I'm energized and I'm, I'm upright and, I'm, I look good in this world. I'm wearing something that makes me feel great. Other days it is a sexy dress or a nice pair of shoes, power boots, heels, whatever it is. It might just be putting on some lipstick. I think lipstick and boots are like power channels. Personally, I don't know how you feel about that. But anyways, that is a really big thing. Scowling and frowning. We all know what that is. That's just you uh, manifesting the, the worry on your face. Okay. Uh, intemperance that is suppressing the worry and, and any uncomfortable, uh, emotions through numbing out. Okay. And, and there's lots of other ways that people numb out as well. So overworking, um, is one way there's, you know, overspending, all of that sort of stuff. We mentioned that already, but there's other addictive qualities, um, could be eating too many carbs or just eating too much, right? There's other ways that we numb out. So I would, I would look at that in a a larger framework. Um, and then lack of poise, self-consciousness and lack of self-reliance. So this is an indication that you think that others hold the power and that they, prey on you. This is where we went like a few episodes back. We talked about, um, the, the fear of not being able to survive financially 
being actually a, a, a manifestation of the way others, humans prey on other humans economically, hold, use it as a, a power play, okay? And if you are without poise, without self-confidence and without self-reliance, that is an indication that you are in that prey animal position. And I'm not advocating that you prey on other people economically. There's a way out that it doesn't even um, work in that arena. And, and you can learn that. But if you aren't poised, you want to think about what that means for you about how you think about where money comes from. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Okay, we are moving through the symptoms of the fear of poverty. The next one is overcaution. Hill says, overcaution, the habit of looking for the negative side of every circumstance, thinking and talking of impossible failure instead of concentrating on the means of succeeding knowing all the roads to lead to disaster, but never searching for the plans to avoid failure, waiting for the right time to begin putting ideas and plans into action until the waiting becomes a permanent habit, remembering those who have failed and forgetting those who have succeeded, seeing the hole in the donut, but overlooking the donut, pessimism leading to indigestion, poor elimination, auto intoxication, bad breath, and bad disposition. That last one is very interesting and we will get to it shortly. But let's start at the top of the list here. The habit of looking for the negative side of every circumstance, thinking and talking of impossible failure instead of concentrating on the means of succeeding. Every road leading to disaster, but not searching for the plans for failure. Okay, this is super, super important. We don't want to uh, be Pollyannish about life to the extent that you don't recognize possible points of failure, possible challenges, poss- possible um, risks that are, are part of your plan. However, if you let that be a way of stopping, a way of holding yourself back, a way of staying in fear as opposed to solving for those problems, that that's a big challenge. That's going to stop you every time. You want to be someone who doesn't stay in the complaint, doesn't stay in the worry, but sees the the challenges that that are on the horizon as, hmm, that's a little niggle. That is something I need to solve for. And it might be a big thing that you need to solve for, but knowing that you have the capacity to figure it out. And if you don't have the idea, then you need to turn to other people to help you, whether that's a coach and mentor, whether that's your mastermind group, whether that's a a confidant of another type, maybe it's your own team within your business, you know, putting the, the problem in front of them and, and masterminding and brainstorming solutions as a team. So look at that. Next up, he says, waiting for the right time to begin putting ideas and plans into action until the waiting becomes a permanent habit. This is getting ready to get ready to get ready. It is just 
unsustainable. It is, it's the opposite of success. It is holding you back. It is a stalling technique. It is a means of failure rather than success. You need to start. Do the thing and you'll have the energy to do the thing. Emerson said that. Well, that's a paraphrased version of it, but that is the key thing. You need to start. It's never the right time. It's never the right time to invest your time or your money into something. Because if you're thinking that it, like, it needs to be the right time, you're thinking that everything has to be perfect. And if it were perfect already, you would have already achieved the thing that you want to achieve. By definition, you have to move the needle yourself. You have to create the right time. You create the right time. You create your own luck. You create your wealth. That's what's required of you. Remember that. Okay. Remembering those who have failed and forgetting those who succeed. Just stop that. Just stop that. Yes, you can learn from other people's experiences. Yes, other people have failed, but you only are, uh, you only fail if you quit. Look to the people who have succeeded. All of them will tell you that they had to overcome temporary defeat. Are you paying attention to that? Or are you using the fact that there are risks in this world as a reason not to do your thing, not to live out your spiritual DNA, not to live out your purpose? And if that's the case, you are responsible for keeping yourself poor. That's a big one to take in. So just recognize that. The hole in the donut versus uh, seeing the donut. There is so much here. There's a huge abundance in this world. People often talk to me like, I don't know where my clients are. Look out the window. There's so many people here. There's no lack of people. Don't look for the, the hole in the donut. Look for the donut. Now you have to go have conversations with people. You have to put yourself in the room with the people that you want to be in the room with. And sometimes that means picking up the phone. Sometimes it means showing up on social media. Sometimes it means giving a talk. Sometimes it means, you know, putting an ad campaign together. But there's not a shortage of people in this world or clients. Don't look at the hole in the donut. Pessimism leading to indigestion, poor elimination, auto intoxication, bad breath, and bad disposition. That was really interesting for me when I read that. This is under over caution. So pessimism is, is the thing to pay attention to. This is negative thinking. This is a negative mindset. This is, this is what he, and, and he's saying, if you have indigestion, if you have poor elimination, if you have bad breath, bad disposition, then you need to go back and look at your thinking, your state of mind, your mindset. Are you always looking at the cup half empty? Are you a pessimist? And I'm not saying don't look for potential points of failure. That's very important. I'm not saying don't um, do a debriefing on what went right and what went wrong in an in a experience. Do that. You have to learn from your experience. But if you are taking that and just being flat out pessimistic about your potential and the universe and what, what can happen for you, then it's going to cause you all these other symptoms. And if you're someone with those symptoms, then you have to go back and look at your mindset. 
are you stuck in negative critical thinking? And, and I should ask that differently, not are you, but how are you? Look for the ways that you are. A quick heads up. If you're loving this material, you can access the full success and wealth consciousness program we have to help you achieve your big financial goals and life dreams for free at theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. You will have access to daily trainings and mindset practices to help you stay focused, clear, and in action. So go get it at theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Today we are finishing out the list of symptoms of the fear of poverty that Hill has outlined for us. And the last one in the list, and again this is a symptom of the fear of poverty, is procrastination. Hill says, procrastination the habit of putting off until tomorrow that which should have been done last year. I kind of giggled when I read that last year. Oh my God, it could have just been yesterday. It could have been just this morning. It could have just been a few moments ago that you just put off doing the thing that you know you need to do. Now, this is not to be confused with overwhelm and going in a thousand different directions and trying to do everything now. That's not the case. But we know when there is a needle moving activity that we must do that we need to do that is the thing that's going to take us to the next level and we're putting that off that is a fear of poverty that is a a way that you are showing up in alibis he goes on to say spending enough time in creating the alibis and excuses to have done the job this symptom is closely related to overcaution, doubt, and worry. Refusal to accept responsibility when it can be avoided. This is all procrastination, okay? It's, it's a symptom of the fear of poverty that you are unwilling to do the thing that's going to cause the wealth to come in is actually a symptom of the fear of poverty. You're afraid of being poor so you're just afraid of doing all the work because it is work you have to do the thing okay you have to give more to this world be of more service in this world do do your work in this world in order to be compensated and if you are not putting yourself out there if you're not being visible if you're not taking action in your life and your business then, and you're putting it off, that is a symptom that you are actually afraid of being poor. And, and it's causing you to go into a form of inertia, a form of inertia. He says, willingness to compromise rather than put up a stiff fight. Okay, you're willing to listen to those excuses. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it when I have more rest. I'll do it when the sun's out. I'll do it when it's raining. I'll do it when the kids are asleep. I'll do it when the kids are at school. I'll do it when the kids are out of the house in 25 and your life goes past you. Okay. And everyone has a different alibi. Just, you know, threw out a few examples there and you're compromising with that instead of 
fighting it and going, no, I'm not going to listen to that excuse not to do the thing. Compromising with difficulties instead of harnessing and using them as stepping stones to, inv- to advancement. Hey, listen, guys, the thing that you need to do is on, the thing that's going to advance you is this thing that you're avoiding right now. It's the thing that is the stepping stone towards advancement. Know that, embrace it, embrace it. Bargaining with life for a penny instead of demanding prosperity, opulence, richness, contentment, and happiness. Such a good one. Planning what to do if and when overtaken by failure instead of burning all the bridges and making retreat impossible. So critical, so critical. We've talked a lot about that. Weakness of an often total lack of self-confidence, definiteness of purpose, self-control, initiative, enthusiasm, ambition, thrift, and sound reasoning ability. So he's doing a bit of a catch-all here under procrastination, and we've covered a lot of that already. Um, Expecting poverty instead of demanding riches. I need to flip the page. It goes on just a little bit longer. And then finally, association with those who accept poverty instead of seeking the company of those who demand and receive riches. So this is so important. That is a form of procrastination. Are you hanging out with people who just accept life the way it is and say, it's okay? Or that's a a form of procrastination. You are not putting yourself in a bigger pond with people who are doing bigger things so that you can be called to a higher level. You are procrastinating on your good and it's showing up by you accepting poverty by associating with people who do the same. Do not procrastinate on that. Go put yourself in the room with people who are not accepting poverty. What might that look like? Well, in my world, that looks like coming to the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. That would be a great way of putting yourself in the room. We're doing it virtually and in person this year, okay? In the room with people who are going to a higher level who will not procrastinate on their dreams, okay? Or are willing to learn how not to procrastinate on their dreams. It might be joining the Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass. It might be hiring a mentor or coach. And if you're in my world, that might be me. You want to have a consult with us. The link for that is in the show notes for this podcast. And you can find it all over our website. So there are a lot of ways that you can put yourself in an environment where people are going to the next level who won't accept poverty. Those are just a few examples. Find your own, okay? But do not procrastinate on this. It's one of the needle moving actions you need to take. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in chapter 15 on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear and we are on the second fear which is the fear of criticism. Now Hill goes through a lot of discussion about where the fear of criticism comes in and um, some of it is very much uh, stems from when he was writing this material and from the level of awareness that 
people had in the early 20th century. So recognize that as you read it. I'm not going to go over that section. However, he does get to a place where I think it is an accurate statement. He says, men and women have been burned at the stake for daring to express and then fill in the blank. Okay. In this case, he's saying disbelief in ghosts, which was just an example he was using. But people have lost their lives by saying, I'm not going along with the generalized beliefs of my tribe, my community. And they have been killed. If you don't go along with the community, you will lose your life. That has been an experience for people. And that is a big fear. When someone else witnesses that, you're different, you've spoken up, you've said something that goes counter to the powers that be, and you get knocked down and and ultimately paid the highest price, which is your life. The, the person who witnesses this then thinks, I can't speak up. It's not safe for me to um, put myself in a place that I might be criticized by other people, whether those other people are your family, your friends, strangers. It's a huge fear. And people go into this fear even though they've never seen someone burned at the stake, okay? It, it is an inherited fear that gets passed on generation to generation. And because we cannot survive outside of the community, at least we didn't, we weren't able to do that for, for many millennium, right? Like if you were thrown out of the tribe, you would not survive the bears and the wolves and, and being alive on your own. You needed the community that was going to be certain death. So people were afraid of being rejected, not belonging, and therefore didn't speak up. Now, Hill goes on to say, this fear of criticism robs man of his initiative, destroys his power of imagination, limits his individual individuality, and takes away his self-reliance. So remember this, remember this, that now, today, of course, you don't want to be bombastic or overly aggressive to the point where you offend everyone in your your world on the other hand you cannot be afraid of speaking your mind and and doing the things in this world that will cause money to flow to you a perfect example of this is around sales many women and men too are afraid of having a sales conversation where they really ask some deeper questions of the people that they're talking to for fear that they're going to offend someone. Even the idea of asking for the sale, right? You have a great conversation with someone and then you, you don't ask for the sale at the end. Even that leads people to, you know, that fear of criticism leads people to not ask for the sale. Okay. They don't want to be judged. And this, this is going to affect your bottom line because money comes from spirit source, the universe through people, through sales. Okay. There's always a sale. There's, that is the mechanism that moves money from one person to another. Okay. So if you're afraid of being criticized and as a result rejected, 
you won't do the thing that's going to help you create the wealth that you desire. Interesting, eh? So take a look today at where you are afraid of criticism and maybe make a little uh, list as you go throughout the day. Huh, I, I didn't speak up because I didn't want that criticism. I didn't do this thing because I didn't want that criticism. Just pay attention to this. It will be so illuminating. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Today we start with the symptoms of the fear of criticism. I love this. He lets you know what this, the, the fear is and then he shows you what signs to look for. So we're going to um, flesh that out for you as we go through this, this list. And again, like we did for the fear of poverty, you're going to want to see which of these symptoms you are actually presenting and not approach it with a, a sense of defensiveness like that. I don't want to admit that because if I admit that I'm wrong and then I, I'm, I, you know, could not possibly be wrong. That's going to limit me in some other uh, terrible, terrible way. Instead, you're going to want to like own it and be like, oh my God, I'm doing that. And I have a personal example um, to give to you on that today. So he says that self-consciousness is one of the symptoms of fear of criticism. Self-consciousness generally expressed through nervousness, timidity in conversation and in meeting strangers, awkward movement of the hands and limbs, shifting of the eyes. Okay. So I, these are all pretty self-explanatory, but I, I latched onto this timidity in conversation. Now, I just had an experience of this and I do this sometimes. I'm in a conversation with someone and I get flummoxed. I get tongue-tied in terms of explaining something and I trip over my words and that's not like me normally i am fairly uh, poised i'm a good speaker i can um, articulate what i uh, what i want to communicate fairly easily and yet i had this conversation a couple days ago with my boyfriend and i realized i was like tripping over how i was saying this and like backtracking and trying to 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 restate things and i i just couldn't get the words out well and that's what it is it's this timidity in conversation and that was a self-consciousness and so i i now can link that back with a fear of criticism oh look i am stuck in that fear i am demonstrating that through my behavior and now i can clean that up and how do you clean that up you clean that up by the next time or this is how i will be doing it the next time it occurs I'm going to pause, take a breath, and speak with clarity and conviction in my conversation rather than with this kind of timidity that I was expressing. It was a small thing. He probably didn't even notice it, but I did. And this is what I mean by holding yourself to a higher standard. I did not want to be like that, but I couldn't I didn't put two and two together when it was happening. I just was like, oh, there I go again. That's that thing. But now in reading this, I can link that self-consciousness to the fear of criticism. So I hope you do something similar for yourself and find 
the the thing that you're you're hooked by that is a symptom of this don't be um so good right so like i've got all my stuff together that you don't see where this is showing up for you that will only keep you playing at the same level and we want you to grow exponentially good morning and welcome to another great day with the morning mindset club i'm amira alvarez and let's get started we are going through the list of the symptoms of the fear of criticism so the second one in the list is lack of poise expressed through lack of voice control, nervousness in the presence of others, poor posture of body, and poor memory. Okay, this is just, it's so easy to see this, right? Lack of voice control. Is your voice getting high and squeaky? Is it uh, faltering? Are you stumbling over your words? Are you doing a lot of hemming and hawing? Are you there I go. I just hemmed and hawed. It was a little momentary pause, but look at that. That was actually me trying to think of an example, but still underneath that, probably there's this, like, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to F up the recording. So that's a fear of criticism. Got that? That was a, I, I demonstrated that beautifully. I hope you love that example. It's small. It's not a huge thing, but you want to pay attention to these things. Nervousness in the presence of others, that's pretty obvious. Um, that That is obviously an indication of fear of criticism. Poor posture of the body, this is a really interesting one. Do you find yourself slumping? Do you find yourself overly rigid? Do you find yourself um, trying to push yourself to a very quote unquote straight position, but really it's, it's um, overcompensating? These are all ways that you are uncomfortable being in your own body, uncomfortable with yourself. And it's a demonstration of the fear of criticism. So you have to look at that and say, well, what am I actually afraid of here? Note that and shift it. Awareness is key here. And then poor memory. So oftentimes memory, though not always, is an issue of fear. Like if you're afraid of being criticized, your mind is so focused on the fear that it cannot remember the key things that it needs to remember. Now, there are other reasons for memory issues, obviously, but that is something for you to look at. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid of being criticized? Is this why you're not remembering key things? Okay, for the bonus content of this episode, let's go back to the symptoms of the fear of poverty, particularly the symptom of worry and how Hill talks about intemperance, which is the overindulgence in any number of things as a symptom of worry. So you could be overindulging in alcohol and narcotics, but you could also be overindulging in work, overindulging in social media, overindulging in computer time, overindulging in sex, overindulging in um, TV. There are any number of ways that you can be intemperate or overindulgent and only you know if you have actually gone too far 
so this is a level of honesty and transparency that you have to have with yourself. There is not a uh, one size fits all litmus test to this. Obviously, if you're an alcoholic or um, a drug addict or a sex addict or, or someone who is unable to get their work done because they are always on social media, something like that, then you know that, that, that you've over, you're overdoing it. Okay. But for the rest of us, and you know, there's a large extreme, a large possibility of overindulgence and only you know if you've gone too far. So it used to be for me, I'd be on Facebook and I'd start feeling that heavy, foggy head feeling and my energy would be sapped and I would know that I had overindulged social media and I needed to step back. So let's look at what this means. It means that you're worried about something that you're not dealing with yet. And the antidote to worry is action, but not any kind of action, but right action, the correct kind of action, the kind of action that will change the course of what you're worried about. So we live in a cause and effect universe. We do not live in a random universe. There are particular causes that create particular effects. And if you do not know how to achieve the result or the effect that you want, you will be worried. You, you may go into worry and then because you are not dealing with that, trying to figure out the the accurate action to take, the worry becomes overwhelming and then you want to numb out about it. And oftentimes people do that through overindulgence. Oftentimes if you're honest, if you're on social media and you're numbing out that way, it's because there's something in your life or your business that you are trying to avoid because you don't know how to deal with it. You don't know what the right action is. Now, here's the thing. In order to figure out the right action, you need to perhaps get help. You need to work with someone or ask someone who has done what you uh, need help with for advice and follow it. You must take action. And if you're unwilling to ask someone, maybe you need to ask Google. Maybe you need to ask YouTube. Maybe you need to do research. But you may still be uncertain in your answer. You need to take action anyway. And this might look like trial and error. And in order for you to go forward with that, you must get over your fear of making a mistake. Otherwise, you stay completely paralyzed because you're not taking action, because you're afraid of making a mistake. You must work it out. You must try it out. Now, this is not to say that you need to go into overwhelm and just keep working, working, working. No. That's throwing spaghetti at the wall. That is not accurate action. And that is actually a way of numbing out, just staying super, super busy. So instead, you're going to want to look at what the correct action is to get the results that you want. And oftentimes that requires getting outside of yourself and getting outside help. 
If you're interested in that, you know where to find us. You can go to theunstoppablewoman.com and book a consult with us. We'll, we'll give you a little strategy. We'll give you a few little tips and then we'll see if we can help you further. So again, remember symptoms of poverty, symptoms, excuse me, symptoms of fear of poverty. One of them is worry and the symptom of worry, one of the symptoms of worry is intemperance. So look at yourself and where you might be overindulging and numbing out because you don't know the correct action to take for yourself. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below or just head over to theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.